2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. It reads in this wise. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Join me if you will in a moment of prayer. Father, as you and your son in spirit are one, please. Allow your servant, your word, and your wisdom to become one. That we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, the lordship of your son. I trust you now for preaching. Guide my mind and my mouth for a few moments that I may be able to think your thoughts and clearly articulate your words. Touch, strengthen, and save in accordance to your will for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I simply want to talk from the subject this morning, a mother's influence. A mother's influence. Every parent who values and understands the privilege associating associated with parenting wants to do a good job raising their child or children man or woman mother or father every parent wants that child that they have been blessed to have to stay out of trouble to fulfill their potential, to live out the values that have been instilled in them. And if you're a believer, you want that child to grow up and honor God. Without question, raising children in today's world is not easy. Instilling in them godly values is an ever-growing challenge in an ever-increasingly secular world. Children are influenced today by a growing list of inputs that help to shape their thinking and their worldview and their actions, their language, their attitudes. Even children from Christian homes are exposed to any number of philosophies and lifestyles and ways of thought that can pull at them and draw them into circles and systems outside of our faith. 
And with all that's constantly vying for our children's attention and their eventual loyalty in the midst of a media that sends a barrage of secular messaging even beyond the world of social media, the internet, music and movies and television, there is some good news this morning. Because current research suggests that parents still have the greatest influence in their child's life. Sociologists and the psychologists in the most recent studies conclude that given everything that children have access to, parents still influence them more than anything else. More than Jay-Z and Beyonce. More than Kendrick Lamar and Migos more than Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, more than fashion icons and famous actors, parents still outrank all other influencers upon their children today. Certainly now, if you ask your adolescent, they're not going to admit to it. So don't go home today and ask them. But the research says that children are watching us. They're modeling after us. They are learning from us what things to value, what truths to believe, and what behaviors to practice. I hear somebody saying right now, now Reverend, they ain't learned that from me. Yes, they did. <laughs> they ain't get that from me. But they may not have gotten everything from you as you are now. But go back a few years. Remember how you used to be. Remember, remember how much of a mess you were. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Don't compare your adult self to your teenager. Go, go back and remember your teenage self. Go back and remember how, how unorganized you were. Go back and remember how messy your room was. Go, go back. Y'all looking at me like you wouldn't like that. Go back and remember how many times you had to be told, do this, pick this up. I must be by myself. Yeah, they, 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 they either got it from us by watching us or they got it from us because they are of us. But some way they got it. I wish y'all would talk to me in here. Nature or nurture. What they came here with or what they do came in some way or some form or fashion from or through us. This text reminds us this morning just how impactful parenting is in a child's development. Paul is writing to Timothy, whom he has taken on as a kind of a spiritual son. He's done this in the absence of Timothy having a father of the faith. Acts 16 reminds us that Timothy comes from an unequally yoked household. 
His mother is a believer, but his father is not. You know, you need to read that for yourself. Go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 says, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. These are two people who don't share the same faith. And that's the context that Timothy grows up in. Mother who is a believer. And a father who is not. His mother was a believer. His father was not. His mother went to church. His daddy did not. And that's one of the reasons I can appreciate scriptures because it does not try to whitewash situations and issues as they are. Timothy came from a mixed home and the Bible says so. His daddy didn't believe and the Bible says so. His mama was the one responsible for him going to church, and the Bible says so. Mama was the one who, who made sure Timothy had some God in him. Amen, lights. Some of us understand something about that kind of that household where mama was the one who was the spiritual leader, the spiritual force, of that house for a lot of us growing up, mama was the one who took kids to Sunday school. Mama was the one who, who made sure the shirts were ironed and, and, and the dresses were starched. Mama was the one who did the hair and fed the children before going to church. Mama was the one who children saw praising God and praying in the sanctuary and reading her Bible. If you had a mama and a daddy who brought you to church, glory be to God. But for a lot of folk, it was just mama. It was just mama. Mama sitting on the pew and mama patting her foot and mama, mama raising her hands. Mama was the one. And, and this phenomenon of a mama being the spiritual leader or taking on that, that role in the house is not a new phenomenon in the modern church. It was in the Bible. Timothy grew up in a home where his mama was the leader of spiritual matters. Mama made sure Timothy said his prayers. Mama made sure Timothy blessed his food before eating. Mama made sure Timothy knew the word of God. And if mama couldn't do it, Timothy had a grandmama. If, 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 if mama wasn't found, grandmama stood in the gap. Grand, grandmama made sure Timothy stayed straight. Grand, grandmama made sure that he, he knew his Sunday school lesson. Thank God for mamas and thank God for grandmamas. I know it's Mother's Day, but is there anybody who's thankful that you had a grandmama who loved the Lord? A grandmama who was present and available? A grandmama whose hand was helping to raise you? A grandmother who sang songs of Zion around the house? Thank God for a grandmama who made biscuits but was praying while she was making biscuits. Thank mama for a, thank God for a grandmama who, who was in some instances as much of a mama as the mama was. Thank God for grandmamas. Sometime mama had to go to work. Grandmama said, bring that baby on over here. I'll take care of it for you. Anybody know anything about that? Grandmama, some of your grandmothers, grandmothers were your mothers and you didn't know no difference. 
Didn't find out it was your grandmama until you was a teenager. You thought it was your mama. In the absence of a faithful father, Timothy had a grandmother and a mother who taught him the fundamentals of faith. And I want to suggest to parents this morning and mothers in particular that all of all the things that you can give to your children, of all of the advantages that you can provide, of all of the opportunities that you can expose them to, of all of the networking connections that you can facilitate there, but three things that at the end of the day will matter most in terms of what your children become. Three things. I want to give them to you early. Number one, first of all, is an early and consistent exposure to the Word of God. Early and consistent exposure to the Word of God. I heard Driscoll say he had a drug problem. Early and consistent exposure to the Word of God. We, we grew up in church. As the old saying said, Baptist born and Baptist bred. When I'm gone, I'll be Baptist dead. We, we grew up in the church. We, we, we came to church. We didn't know nothing but church. We came to church in the morning and, and went, went to lunch and came back to church for BTU. And, and Lord, don't let it be sunshine band and red circle meeting. And y'all looking at me like y'all don't forget these. Had church. Had Baptist training union. Had had time, had Sunday school in the morning, and, and then came during the weekend, had vacation Bible, had all these opportunities to learn the Word of God. Look with me. Look with me in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And you will see something very interesting about what Paul continues to say about Timothy's early upbringing. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 14 says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. In this passage, Paul is warning Timothy about the perils and the problems that will be associated with preaching and teaching the gospel to a growingly hostile crowd and a resistant environment. He begins those first few passages, first few verses rather, saying that in the last days, the people will be lovers of themselves and Lovers of money. You read it. He said they'd be proud and boastful and deceitful. They'll be disobedient to their parents and ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving. And, and he lists all these things that people will be in the last days. He says, he says to Timothy, and though you're going to be faced with all of that as a young preacher, he says to Timothy, I'm not worried about you. He said, because you have been exposed early to the scriptures. You say, yeah, in the last days, all of this is going to be going on around you, and these are the people you're going to have to preach to. You say, but I ain't worried about you. Because your mama and your grandmama put it in you early. 
put the scriptures in you early. They drilled you in the word of God and you know the word of God. He said, and all I want you to do, Timothy, is preach the word. When they look at you funny, preach the word. When they act like they don't know what you're saying, preach the word. When, when they won't, don't want to do what you're saying, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Preach the word because it's in you. Mama and grandmama made sure that. They say, you don't have to make anything up. Just say what the word says. You don't have to preach philosophy. Say what the word says. You, you don't have to preach psychology. Say what the word says. You don't have to say what the trends and statistics say. Just say what the word says. The scripture will speak for itself. It said in the scriptures that have been put in you, that Eunice and Lois made sure were inside of you. You can stand on that. Some of this other stuff is just fashion and fads. It comes and it goes. Folk will preach one thing today, preach something else tomorrow. Wish I had a witness in here. They'll preach what's fashionable today and, and preach what's coming in the fashion tomorrow, but the word of God stands forever. The word of God, you cannot change a jot or a tittle. The word of God is forever and forever the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So he says, he says, he says, I'm not worried about everything else. Stick with the word. Stick with the scriptures. And I, I need, I need, I need some mother to understand that the best thing you can do for your son, the best thing you can do for your daughter, outside of making sure they get a good education, making sure that they stay out of trouble, the best thing you can do for them is put that word in them. Because I got news for you. When everything else leaves them, it's that word. That'll come back to, is there anybody in this house that can testify that you've been down and out and you didn't remember anything but that word came back to you, that word sustained you, that word anchored you, that word held you. Thank God that somebody put the word of God inside of you. And that's the best thing that a mother can put inside of a child. Because I got news for you. You won't always be around for that son or that daughter. Eventually, time and life will move you from the scene. But when you're gone, I feel pretty good already. I say when you've passed this earthly life, and you've gone on to receive your reward, your best heritage, and your best legacy that you can leave them is not your call. It ain't your money. It's not your land and your estate. The best legacy you can leave them is the legacy of God's word.
something that will let them know that when they face the giants of life, they can stand on the word. And they can repeat it for themselves. Mama told me that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. When you dead and gone and they face a mountain, they can remember Mama said, I can speak to the mountain and it shall be moved and cast into the midst of the sea. When time and chance move you off the scene, the word of God will stay within them. They'll have to remember, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Somebody try to tell them who they can be and can't be and what they can't do. They'll stand flat-footed and say, my mama said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They got a bully coming up against them. Somebody harassing them. You long gone from the scene. But because you put the word of God in them, they can remember the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and failed. Though an host should encamp about me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this shall I be confident. One thing that I shall desire, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall the Lord hide if you put that word in it? It'll come back out of it. Do I have a witness in here? I said, if you put it in him, if you put it in her, it'll come back out. That's what the word means when, if the word is written on the tablets of your heart, if it's written on the tablets of your heart, whatever inside of you will come back out of you do i have a witness here that that's why you got to be careful what you listen to because if you listen to mess mess will come out of you if you listen to worldliness worldliness will come out of you if you listen to heathenness heathenness will come out of you but if you listen to god's word i have a witness in here if you listen to God's word. I didn't mean to go that far that fast. That, 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 that's point one. That's point one. That's point one. That's point. I got two more. That's point one. That's point one. I didn't mean to go that far that fast. I mean to go that far that fast. You stay right there though. You stay right there though. You stay right there. I don't know what the Lord gonna do in this thing. Number two, number two, number two, number two, number two.
Number two, number two, the best thing you can give your child, your son, your daughter, mother, give them an example of godliness to follow. An example of godliness to follow. In verse 5, in verse 5, Paul writes, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. I said, the best thing you can give your daughter or your son is an example of godliness to follow. In other words, in other words, watch this, watch this. Don't just tell them what to do. Show them by how you do it. Don't, don't, don't just tell them what's right. Do what's right. Don't, don't just tell them they ought to forgive. When your mean self sitting up here with your arms folded holding on to stuff for 10, 15, don't you know they see you in your hypocritical self? You're trying to teach them and they looking at you. How you gonna teach me to be more loving and you cussing folk out? Paul says, what I see in you, Timothy, I saw it already in your mama and your grandmama. He said, in other words, I know where you got it from. Your giving spirit, your mama was like that. Your loving heart, your grandmama was like that. There ought to be some good things that you can trace back generations and generations. I know we always talk about the bad things that come down generational lines, but we ought to be able to trace some good traits. That heart of service. Your daddy was like that. Your granddaddy was like that. His granddaddy was like that. That's in you. And Paul says, Timothy, I know where you got it from. It's a part of your family's DNA. It was in them. And it's in. Parents, watch this. This is why it's so important to have these kind of conversations with your children to remind them of who they come from. You missed it. You missed it. Every now and then, you ought to sit Johnny and Cindy or whoever down and look them square in the eye and, and tell them what you expect of them and make sure they know and why you expect it because that's who we are. That's how we do. That's what we believe. That's how Buckley's roll. And when you get in this house and start acting like you ain't a Buckley, look, this who I am, this who your granddaddy is, this who you are. 
Now, if you don't act like who you are, y'all ain't talking to me in here. Good God of my, every now and then, you got to have that conversation where you let them know who they come from and what the expectation is. Paul says, I'm not surprised because I can trace this down the line. I saw it in your mother. I saw it in your grandmother and I see it in you. If you want to give something of value to your children, make sure you give them an example of godliness that they can follow. A godly example of how to talk to people. A godly example of how to forgive people who have hurt them. A godly example of how to respond when you're under pressure. A godly example of how to pray for people who have persecuted you. A godly example of how to manage life when things are falling apart. A godly example of how to pray, of how to worship, of how to sacrifice. A godly example of how to give. A godly example of how to lead with grace. A godly example. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Don't let them be able to say, but mama. But mama. We don't lie, but mama. Didn't I hear you? Amen. Amen. Number three, and I'm through. Number three, and I'm through. Here it is. Number three, and I'm through. Nurture their God-given gift. Nurture the God-given gift. Verse six says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Another verse says, stir up the gift, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self control. It is absolutely amazing how the Lord so wonderfully and fearfully and creatively builds into the lives of every individual purpose. He puts into every single one of us gifts and abilities to fulfill purpose. Everybody gets that. You, you get it, you get it, you get it. Everybody has gift, gifts to fulfill purpose. Paul says to Timothy, the only thing I want you to do, stir up your gift. Fan the flame. Because what Paul says is, it's in you. You couldn't help but get it. You come from good stock. Your mama had it. Your grandmama had it. They put it in you. So, so don't, let it, don't let it die down. Fan it up. Keep it blowing. Stir it up. And make sure that what they put in you doesn't die with you. But make sure, watch this, make sure that your children get it too. Make sure that their children get it too. And, and make sure that their children, make sure it keeps on going. And the only way it's going to keep on going, you got to stir it up. Now here's where you come in, mama. They're going to stir it up. You've got to point it out. You've got to be observant enough 
you've got to be intentional enough to let that child know what their gifting is. I know, I know, I know. This is not where we are as a society. Society says parents back off and let the child explore and discover and figure out life on their own. That's why so many children are mixed up today and at 30 and 40 and 50 trying to find themselves. That's why 50-year-olds are still living with their parents in the basement. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I, I'm not talking about people who need to do that. I'm talking about people who just been messed up because they don't know what to do. They can't find, and, 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 and this says, no, no, what you're supposed to do, wait a minute, wait a minute. I read somewhere, train up a child in the way he should go. I'm through, I'm through, but, but what that says is that parents have a responsibility to point children in the right direction. You were with them when they didn't even know themselves. You've seen them grow into the skin that they have today. You know their ways, you know their proclivities, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, you know where they shine, you know where they struggle. Why not point them? Why not say to them, son, daughter, when you were three years old, you took Legos and everybody else was playing with crayons, but you was already building buildings. I saw you take a string and tied on a doorknob and then jumped up and tied it on the chandelier. And you took a thimble and you made, you tied it so tight and you made that thing ride down. Why not be an engineer? I saw you. I saw your creativity when you were a child. And, and, and instead of letting them struggle through life, trying to find themselves, good mothers and good fathers and good parents and grandparents are the ones who say to their children, here is your gift. Now stir it up. I'm going to give you every opportunity I can give you. But it's up to you to stir it up. I'm going to give you every exposure I can give you. But it's up to you to stir it up. I'm going to put you in the best program that I, I can put you in. But it's up to you to stir it up. Camp Kate is going on. He said he got a STEM program. I'm going to make sure you're a part of Camp Kate. And at 18, I'm going to watch you. Walk across that stage. I'm going to watch you go into grad school. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because watch this. Because I trained you up in the way you should go. Watch this. I'm through. And if, if, if you want, if you want, I, I really believe, I, listen, I could be wrong. I don't think I am. 
If I am, too bad, because I got the mic. <laughs> get your own mic. Get your own mic. This mine. <laughs> but I believe this. I believe this. You, 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 see, you see people, you see people who've been in careers all their lives, and suddenly they have a midlife crisis. And they go to talking about, I need to find my purpose. They go to talking about, and, and sometimes it gets real bad. They'll, they'll leave family and everything else, searching for fulfillment because they feel like they've wasted a good half of their lives in something, doing something that they weren't created to do. I want to suggest to you parents, we can help with some of that. We can help with some of that by training them up in the way they should go. And when they are old, you missed it. When they're 50 and got a family, oh, it got real then. They won't go looking for themselves. I'm through. Thank God for mothers. Thank God for grandmothers. Thank God for those who are responsible for providing godly examples. Thank God for women who've stood in the gap. Watch this who don't even carry the title, mother or grandmother, aunt, don't even carry the title, just women who instill into children the word of God, who stir up their gifts, who point them in the right direction. Thank God for women who have cared, women who have shared, women who have prayed for in so doing you have nurtured us and you yes have dared to be a mother we thank God for you and we pray for you and we praise God for you eternal God our father we thank you this morning for good parenting though none is perfect and though many struggle we thank you Lord that in the struggle we find truth and we find peace and we find your will God I pray now for mothers for grandmothers for those who who dare to nurture children in a way that brings you glory God, I pray that you would strengthen them now, fortify their faith, increase, oh God, their hopes. Some mother right now is, is honestly depressed, distressed, worried about a child, 
concerned about a daughter, frustrated about a son. Lord, you know that mother's heart. And you know that child's personality. Lord, by your spirit, I pray, God, that there would be in that relationship a moment of healing, a moment of restoration, and on this day, a day of gladness, a day of peace, a day of joy. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. And now I pray for someone who needs to know you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for mothers. But God, we thank you for being our Father. A Father who loves us and a Father who demonstrated that love by sending your Son to die on Calvary's cross for our sins. God, you know where individuals sit right now who need to confess you, who need to commit their lives to you. And so, Lord, by your spirit, I pray, God, that now you would move upon the altar of their hearts, that you would remind them now of why they need to come, that you would motivate them now to take these few steps of faith, simply saying, yes, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to open my heart to him and give my all to him now in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here this morning and you're ready to do that, you're ready to make that commitment, you're ready to give your life to Christ, you're ready to become a part of the body of Christ by becoming a follower of Jesus. I want to invite you to come right now. The doors of the church are open. You can come now by letter by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. The doors of the church are open. Won't you come on? Yes, God. So I, so I can you go 
back to that. I'm here today. I'm here today. Let's hear it there. So I'm here. Come on, let's stand to your feet. worship experience for every word that has been spoken for every worship that has been offered for every song that has been lifted oh God we pray that you have been glorified and now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with each of you now henceforth and forevermore in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit amen, amen. and amen God bless you Go in peace.